This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Tonight, we would like to share something with you. Uh, it's called the, the Source. Is that a good title? Yeah, we kind of debated between The Source and Our Source. Yeah, between a bunch of other words, too. And your source. Yes. <laughs> but anyhow, that's what we're going to talk about, the source. And uh, we'd like to, would you like to read this? Sure. This is a, a, an amazing old hymn. It goes, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter, and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All, I love this line. It's my favorite line of it. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. All that I've needed, thy hand hath provided. He's the source. He is genuinely, God is our source. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you have need of, God is the source. And he loves you and he cares about every detail of your life. And he will help you. He genuinely will. Uh, Providence. Providence. God advanced care. God advanced, God cares for us before we even know we need care. That's right. And he helps us before we even know that we, we need help, you know. Mm-hmm. His consideration, you know, his foresight, God's preparation before you know that you have a need, mm-hmm. you know, your, your provisions that come your way before you, you know you have a need. You know, I, I had a need today. Yesterday, to be honest with you, last night, uh, I was taking Susan and mom out and, uh, James and Ashley Ashley out for dinner. And I got about two miles from the house and my car stopped. It, there was a sound that was increasingly getting louder and louder. It sounded like I had a mouse in it, squeaking, you know, or something. (laughs) It was something. It was, it was something. So I was about two miles from the house, not quite, and I pulled into a, a driveway. And when I pulled uphill, it kind of shut off and stopped and wouldn't go anymore. And I let it roll back out in the road, and uh, I got to crank back up. Yeah, after about 10 times. And there was yep. smoke pouring out from underneath the hood. And James was following us, which was awesome. Yeah. So I, I turned around and went back home. With no power steering. There was no power Not much steering. control at all. And it's a curvy road. It's just like you need three people just to turn the steering wheel. You and, know? and no power, really, in the car. Well, I mean, the engine yeah. was just... Anyhow. It was, uh, it was pretty hairy. We got home. Yeah. We got home. We prayed. And we, we live up. Our driveway is a, a steep hill. So I turned in there, and I had to run over to the bushes, turn it in there, and I've got my foot on the gas and just kind of patting it, and it's just, it's going about this fast. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it, went, it, was it took a- off. 
had anointed power, you know. And we just blasted up the hill around the house. And we, we lost belts. We lost power. Yeah, we lost everything. <laughs> I don't know how we made it, but, but God knows. But anyhow, we got home, mm-hmm. you know, Thanks safe and, and sound. We really did. And uh, I was going to make some phone calls last night, but it was late time we got back in. And because then we went out, we went back out to eat. But James drove us. He was our chauffeur. Yeah, he was the chauffeur in my car sat there at, at, at home. Uh, and anyhow, today, uh, I was going to do something to it. And one of our brothers, let me see. See here? He's over there. Where's he at? <laughs> we tried yes. to rent a car, but there are no cars available. It's Labor Day weekend. That, that's right. I called everywhere. I actually went down to... a car rental place that they rented me a car online and when they got I got there they said we don't have any cars that was what happened today Jeff came by he was helping do some things around our our home and uh, he offered to fix my car you know Mm -hmm. and it was like basically pulling off the whole front of the engine it's kind of what it looks like you know by the time you do that but anyhow, I drove that car and it's parked right here tonight. Yay, Jeff. Yeah, so, Good job. <laughs> so we got here. But God made provision. He is our All source. All we needed, he Sometimes when you think that, that you just can't make it, you can't go any further, well, God helped us. He, he genuinely did. Because with it being Labor Day weekend, garages are closed. There's just nobody available. That's the but truth of it. So we appreciate it, uh, Jeff. Uh, Psalms 37, verse 23, it says, The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. Our steps. God directs our steps. And he wants us to take good steps. It says the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. Uh, Are are you aware that God is directing your steps? You know? He's the source of our direction. If, if, If... if we yield to the tug that he gives us at our heart, you know, he wants to direct us in all that we do. And he goes on to say, he delights in every detail, 100%. He delights in every detail of their lives. God delights in every detail of, of your life and, and of your life and your life. God delights in every detail of our lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall. Though we stumble, he's talking about we're, we're, we're not going to fall. Though we stumble, you know, we will not fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. It's like a parent, you know, holding a, a child's hand, you know. That's what we're talking about. What you got there? My coffee. Oh. God provided Yes, he did. Isn't that amazing? I was just looking to see. Yeah, and so if if y'all got coffee tonight, I want to say it. Coffee came a little later? Yeah, a little bit later. I think things were off schedule a little bit with Labor Day weekend. Yeah, and and, and that's fine. We just just wanted y'all to know. We apologize for the delay in the coffee. But thank you for making it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. 100%. There's a young uh, man... He hiked the Appalachian Trail, and each time he was just about out of provisions. As he was hiking, and the Appalachian Trail goes from like Florida, Georgia, from Georgia to, to, to Maine. Yeah, long, 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 long way. You ever did it? I'm trying. Okay, all right. Sue's trying too. Uh, yeah, that's right. But uh, anyhow. This young man, you know, who, who was hiking on this Appalachian Trail, each time he was just about out of provisions, he went to a local post office. He just got off the trail in some little town somewhere, and he went to the local post office, gave him his name and, and all, and there was a package waiting for him. His father had put everything he needed in a box and mailed it to him. Mm. Whether it was food or sleeping bags or different kinds of clothes or boots or, you know, whatever it was. And and he got all those things before he needed them. 
when he stopped and went to the post office, you know, it was there. You know, it was just boxed up with all of his backpacking gear and whatever else he needed because his father loved him and cared for him. And do you know our Heavenly Father loves us? And he cares for us. He genuinely does. And when you pray and you ask him, you know, especially when you ask him to to help you out. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, how, how often does Heavenly Father feed the birds? All the time, 100% of the time. 100% of the time, they get fed, you he's, know? He's their source too, just like he's our source. And they don't plant any gardens, you know, or anything. The Lord just takes care of them. And he goes on to say here in this passage, he says, and you are more valuable to him than they, the birds, than they are. Hmm, how about that? Verse 33, it says, And he will give you all, 100%. God will give you all that you need from day to day if you live your life for him. He'll give you all you need from day to day if you live your life for him. You know, follow his directions and all. And make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Your number one concern. It's my most important thing. It's God's kingdom. And I talk to him in the morning throughout the day. And we pray for people who ever have need. You know, uh, that's just, he's our, our number one priority. You know, this past week, you know, there was a hurricane down in Florida and Georgia and coming up the East Coast. Well, um, years ago, when Hurricane Katrina ravaged the coast of Mississippi, um, there was a, some, uh, one of the service people that went to help them said, we worked at a home that was owned by a retired United Methodist pastor. Reverend Jones said he and his wife had left their home before Katrina struck and had gone to a shelter. After the storm passed, they were allowed back into the city to grab a few belongings. When they entered their house, the water was still knee-high, but Jones was determined to see what he could salvage. Jones saw several framed family photos floating in the water. He didn't see anything else to save, so he grabbed the pictures and left. Back at the shelter, he took the photos out of their frame so they could dry out. When he removed his father's picture, money fell out of the frame. He was astonished to count $366. Even more astounding was that his father had died in 1942, when Jones himself was only 12 years old. He had no idea that there was money in that frame. The money was precisely, exactly what he and his wife needed to go to Atlanta after the storm to live with their daughter. That was God's provision. He was their source. He made provision for them. Providence. His dad put it there way before the When he was 12 years old. And he had a grown daughter to go live with, so who knows how old he was. You're right. This is, uh, I thought it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to probably all, you're going to go home and Look open at your, your pictures oh, and see what's in the back of them. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all. And what percentage is all? 100 percent. says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding the way you. You can figure things out. Sometimes things seem logically this way and that way. But it says, trust in the Lord with 100% all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6, it says, seek his will, God's will. Seek his will, you know, not your own, you know, will, but seek his will in all. That's 100%. And all, and 100% of what you do, seek God's will and all you do, and he will direct your path. You know, he is our source. God knows what's best for us, and he is so willing. 
What percentage of the people do you think God will bless? 100%. 100%. How many people do you think that God will forgive? 100%. 100%. He loves us and he cares about us. And he'll help straighten things out in our lives. He genuinely will. Seek his will in all you do and he will direct your paths. Psalms 32 verse 8 says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. The best. That's Now, God said that. He says he will guide you along the best pathway. So, you know, when you go to bed at night and you say, God, I, I need some wisdom tomorrow for my day. Would you direct me and would you lead me and, and give me your wisdom he promises that he'll, he'll guide us along the best pathway for your life. I mean, that's, that's an amazing promise that God has said. Mm-hmm. You know, would you like God to guide you along the best pathway for your life? Definitely. He knows everything about us. Yeah. And he knows if it's going to be raining or snowing or what tomorrow. He knows those things. And he says he'll guide us along the best pathway. You know, uh, and he says, I will advise you. And I will watch over you. God loves you. And his, his ways are, are so much higher than our ways. Vanetta Flowers was the first person of African descent to win a gold medal for the United States in the Olympic Winter Games. She did that in 2002 after she and teammate Jill Backen jumped into a speeding bobsled and hurled themselves downhill in record time. In the whirlwind of press coverage that followed, Flowers was named one of People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People. She appeared on the Today Show with Katie Couric and Matt Lauer. In the intense media spotlight, Flowers said time and time again, I thank God for this win because without him, I wouldn't be here. When she was age nine, Flowers was singled out as an athlete with Olympic potential. Her first track coach, DeWitt Thomas, told her she could be the next Jackie Joyner Kersey. I believed him, Flowers said. Flowers went to the University of Alabama in Birmingham on a full-ride athletic scholarship. She became one of the school's most decorated student athletes and the first person from her family to graduate from college. She tried out for the U.S. Olympic track and field team in 1996 as a college senior, but ankle injuries contributed to a disappointing 13th place finish. Flowers began questioning her future. I had achieved a lot of success in track and field based on my individual efforts, and I believed if I trained hard enough and stayed healthy, that would be enough to make to make the Olympic team. I didn't yet realize I needed God in my life to understand that what he wanted for my life was far greater than anything I could ever have imagined. Flowers started again, started attending church with a friend. Soon she made the decision to accept Christ as her savior. In 1999, Flowers married Johnny, a fellow athlete and pastor's kid. With Johnny coaching her, Flowers started training again for the 2000 Olympics. Another ankle injury kept her off the team. Then Johnny saw a flyer inviting athletes to try out for the U.S. bobsled team. Two weeks later, Bonnie Warner, a world-class bobsled driver, invited Flowers to come to Germany to learn how to push a bobsled. After several weeks of training, Flowers asked to be a brakeman on Warner's two-person sled. By the end of 2001, the duo was ranked third in the world. It looked like an easy slide to the 2002 Winter Olympics. Then Warner dumped Flowers for another brakeman. I was devastated, Flowers said. For almost two weeks, she didn't do anything. But then Johnny, her husband, stepped in and said, God put you in this sport for a reason. So we're going to start training again, he said to his wife. A dubious Flowers agreed to start training again within a week of returning to the track. She received a phone call from Jill Backen, 
the number two driver in the world, asking Flowers to join her team. Together, Flowers and Backen made it to the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. But the night before what would be their history-making competition, Flowers got another phone call. Jean Rassen, the number one driver in the world, asked Flowers to leave Jill and join her sled. Was she tempted? Not a bit. Flowers stayed with Backen, and they took the gold. How about that? God led her on the best pathway for her life. He led her on the best pathway for her life. And that's what the scripture says, that God will lead you on the best pathway for your life. And she honored God with her loyalty and her attitude. God created you and put you here, whether you realize it or not. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And he'll turn things around and work them together for good. It says here in... uh, Jonah chapter 1 verse 1, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, some son of Amittiah. He said, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction. Now God said, I want you to go this way. And Jonah got up and he went this way. Have you ever did the opposite of what God's telling you to do? It's probably not the wisest move, you know. But that's exactly what happened. Let me read again, verse 3. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. Did you know that people try to get away from the Lord today? They really do. They just try to get away from him. And in Jonah chapter uh, 1, Verse 3, it says, He, talking about Jonah, he went down to the seacoast, to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, and he bought a ticket. This is, he had to pay for the ticket to get away from God. (laughs) And he bought a ticket, and he went on board, hoping that by going away to the west, he could escape from the Lord. Do you think that works? No. Have you ever tried to get away from God? And it's just like, he knows us. And and he's not mean ever toward us. He loves us and he cares about us. And he wants us to know he loves us. And he forgives us of all of our sins. And he'll take us to heaven to spend eternity with him and with all the others who believe in him and trust him. Let me see, where am I at here? Right here. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17, it says... Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. Ever heard about that? Mm -hmm. We would call that great fish a whale or something like that. He said, now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now he didn't arrange for that fish to chew him up and digest him. That wasn't, but he says, he, the Lord had arranged for a great fish just to swallow Jonah, you know? How, how would you like to be prepared for something like that? <laughs> Anybody going fishing uh, next week? Okay. It says, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and for three nights. Wow. And he was teaching us a valuable lesson. You remember when Jesus died? How long was Jesus in the belly of the earth? Three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 1 it says, And then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he Almighty God answered. And when I had lost all hope. We skipped to verse 7. Uh, we did skip yeah. to verse 7. We're just we hitting did. the highlights. I, I got you. Yep. But he says, when, let me ask you a question. Have you ever lost all hope for something in your life? And just kind of give up on it and just lost all hope? It said, and when I had lost 
all hope, I turn my thoughts once more to the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple, O Lord. Can you imagine that? When I lost all hope, he prayed and he saw God and God was there to answer him. When you have nothing left but God, you, you become aware that God is enough. He is. He genuinely is enough, you know. He's our source. He is our source. He is our strength. He's our He's our everything. Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine says, My gracious favor is all you need. Who's talking here? God. He says, My gracious favor, and he's talking to each one of us. My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So we think, well, I'm really kind of weak now. I just don't really have it all together now. And God goes, that's where I work my best. Mm-hmm. And a man or woman who has weaknesses in their life, that's what he's talking about. My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. But I will offer sacrifices to you. This is back in Jonah again. Yep. Jonah chapter 2 verse 9. And I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all. That's 100% of my vows. Who's making this vow here? Jonah is. He said I'm going to fulfill all my vows. I'm going to fulfill them. This is a prayer. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach, and it did. That actually happened for a a big fish, a whale of some kind, swallowed a man. And because of God's plan, God told the fish to spit Jonah back up on the beach, and it did. Genuinely, it says what? It did. And it did. Jonah chapter 1 verse 16 says, The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. The people were watching and hearing what was going on. They were all excited about this. And uh, let's listen to David here in Psalms 23. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. He says he's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, you know, and the shepherd takes care of his sheep mm-hmm. and, and, and we are the sheep of almighty God and the Lord is my shepherd. He's our source. You know, we, we don't have wool on us and, and go around going bye, 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 but oh. hey, <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. Listen to what he says. I have everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. God provides. God is our source. I I consider that today, you know, know, there's a holiday coming up here and all things are shut down and, and a lot of them will be and you can't rent a car, not in this state here at all. You, You really can't. And my only car was not working, you know. And, and God sent someone by just a boom, just help us fix it, repair it, you know, and in record time, to be honest with you, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I think the King James Version says, I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not lack anything is what he's telling us, you know. There's a, a little girl said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. That's all I want. Now, how do we know it normally? I shall not want. I shall yeah, not want. I shall not. I shall not want anything other than God. But she, the she, little girl she worded said, it different. That's she all worded it different. She says, that's all I want. I want the Lord helping me every step of the way. I, I, I want the Lord helping me. Regardless of what it is in regards to. What about you? You want the Lord helping you? When he works with his miraculous power, because he knows every detail about your life, he knows what you need, 
and he knows what will fulfill you, and he knows what will satisfy you. He has been always a faithful source of what it is has. that we need. In Philippians 4.19 it says, But my God shall supply all. Now what percentage is all? 100%. It says, But my God shall supply all, because he is our source, and he will supply all, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Through Christ, when we come to our Father, say, Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. That's how we have entrance into God's presence is through his Son. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. Jesus is the one who gave his life. You know, to wash away my sins, that's what the Bible teaches us. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And all my needs get met through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So when I pray, I pray in his name. John 14 verse 6 it says, Jesus told him, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Well, you, you know that verse? You know that verse? How's it go? About way, make the verse no. of the Bible or the song? No, the, the verse. Yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He says here in, in John, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. Jesus said that. Mm -hmm. Look it up in any Bible you want to. And he says that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no, just doing good works ain't going to get us to heaven. They really want. It's believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He made it really simple to get to heaven, to believe in him and just put our trust in him. And he says, he'll forgive our sins. You can't be that. He says he'll forgive all of our sins and he will take us to heaven with him when we die. That's, that's what he's talking about. There's a song. I don't really know all the words, so, but it's called Waymaker. Mm -hmm. And yep. the, the chorus goes, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. My He's a God. way maker. He is a way maker. He makes a way. Yeah. He made a way for me to get to church tonight, didn't he? he Us did. all to get to church tonight. He, he did. really did. He made a way, but more important than that, he made a way for my sins to be forgiven through his son, Jesus. A way for us to go to heaven. He made a way for us all to go to heaven. It's and it's not by our good works, you know. And, and Jesus said, I am the way, way the, truth, the truth, and the life. life. No one comes to the Father in heaven but through me. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's right. That's what he says. That's absolutely amazing when you think about it. Psalms 23 verse 2, it says, He lets me rest in green meadows. Wow. Green sounds like it's, it's, it's abundant. Mm -hmm. Seems like it's nourishing. There's lots of it there. Yeah. You know, something to eat for the, the shepherd, uh, for the sheep. He lets me rest in green meadows pastures you know and you can picture you know the sheep who are resting there you can pit this, this is like a picture of, of safety and their sheep lie down when they're um, if, if you think about it when they feel safe but if they feel like they're the sheep feel like they're being stalked by a wolf or something if they sense that are they going to lay down in a green pasture and sleep no But he says, he lets me rest in green meadows, you know. That's just the way it is. He leads me. And if we're following his lead, he, he's leading us. You know, and we, we open this book called the Bible, and, and he is leading me. He's guiding me. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And, and sheep are afraid 
of uh, rushing, moving water mm -hmm. because of all the wool can soak up the water and suck them down, you know? But he says, he leads me beside peaceful streams, you know? And he's going to meet our every need, take care of us. He says in verse 3, he renews my strength. He renews my strength. You ever use up all your strength? Mm -hmm. yeah. I have. But he renews my strength. He promises to renew our strength. He guides me along right paths. And there's lots of paths that we shouldn't probably take. You, you, you can take a path, uh, a turn on, on the interstate, on roads, and end up lost somewhere, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. He says, he renews my strength, and he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Verse 4 says, Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. When I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you, my source, are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. Can you imagine God's got a, a rod? Mm -hmm. What do you think he's going to do with a rod? Beat off the wolves or any critters that are coming against us. He said, I'm going to read that again. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, it's, it's dark there. A valley of death, that don't sound too positive. It says, I will not be afraid because, he says, for you, my source, my God, are close beside me. Wow. Your, your rod and your staff protect to beat off those animals that would try to hurt you. And he says, your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort. They're comforting. You know? I'm, I know I'm going to be okay because your rod, you know, and your, your staff protect and comfort me. So he's our source of protection. He's our source of comfort, even, even when we are going through dark valleys. You're absolutely right. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares a feast. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm about ready for a feast myself. <laughs> I don't have anything to eat all day. Boy, that would be a good idea. You, you ever get hungry? Yes. Can you imagine if God satisfies your hunger? God satisfies your hunger. You know, a, a hunger that just runs deeper than the physical. He just, he just satisfies you. Satisfies you. Really satisfies you. So it says, he prepares a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. The interesting article we found, Captain Johnson was serving as chaplain on an island in the South Pacific during World War II. He prepared to go on a bombing raid on enemy-occupied islands several hundred miles away. The mission was a complete success, but on the homeward course, the plane began to lose altitude and the engines faded out. A safe landing was made on a strange island. It was learned later that the enemy was just one half mile in each direction, yet the landing had gone undetected. The staff sergeant came to the chaplain and said, Chaplain, you have been telling us for months of the need of praying and believing God answers prayers in times of trouble and that he does it right away. We're out of gas and base is several hundred miles away. And we're almost surrounded by the enemy. Johnson began to pray and lay hold of the promises and believe that God would work a miracle. Night came and the chaplain continued his intense prayer. About 2 a.m., 2 in the morning, the sergeant awakened and he felt compelled to walk to the water's edge. He discovered a metal float which had drifted up on the beach holding several barrels of high-octane gas. In a few hours, the crew reached their home base safely. An investigation revealed that the skipper of a U.S. tanker, finding his ship in sub-infested waters, 
had his gasoline cargo removed so as to minimize the danger in case his ship was hit by a torpedo. Barrels were placed on barges and put adrift 600 miles from where Johnson and the plane crew were forced down. God had navigated one of those barges through wind and current and beached it 600 miles away in, within 50 steps from the stranded men who were in need of gas. Isn't God amazing? Yes, he is. He knows everything that we need before we need it. Mm -hmm. He is our source. And he will always take care of us. That's what he promises. Mm -hmm. And I'm 68 years old, and not one time in my life has God ever lied to me. He's never lied. He's always been faithful to what he has said. Here in Psalms 23, verse 5, it says, You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup, that means he's pouring so many blessings into your life that they overflow to others around about you. He's our source. He really is our source. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. He goes on, he says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. How many days did he say? All, 100%. Every day. Wow. All the days of my life, your unfailing love will pursue me. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. And this is not just one person. This is all who believe in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, all the days of my life, his blessings will pursue me. In the days of the uh, country store. You ever been in a country store? Mm -hmm. yeah. In the days of the country store... A little boy used to accompany his mother when she went shopping. And the storekeeper always said, take a handful of candy, son. But the boy never took a handful of candy. The storekeeper would reach into the box and give him a handful. And one day his mother asked, why is it when he asked you to take a handful you never do. And the boy told his mom, because his hands are a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> he was a pretty smart kid, wasn't he? Yep. How about that, you know? Well, I'll tell you, sometimes when you're praying, you're saying, Lord, I, I really don't know what's in store about tomorrow. I trust you or will. It, if you let God use his hand, he wants good for you. God yes. never, ever does something bad for us. Right. He loves us and he cares about every detail of our life. And here in Psalms 36 verse 7 it says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God, all. What, what percentage is that? 100%. 100%. O God, all humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. We find safety in the shadow of Almighty God's wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your rivers of delight. He is our source. God, He gives us, He provides us to eat, He provides us something to drink. He cares about every detail of our life, and He knows what they are. He put us here on this earth for a purpose. He says here in verse 9, For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. God is the fountain of life. Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says, And since we are his children, we will share his treasures for everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. It said that. I didn't make that up. Mm -hmm. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures 
For everything God gives to his son Christ is ours too. Everything that God has given to Jesus is ours too. He is our source. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. The persecutions that would come. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says, And we know, this is a statement of faith, and we know that God causes everything. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> and we know that God causes everything, it is 100%, like you said, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We know, listen what, and we know that God, God causes everything. God causes 100% of what's happening in your life. God's causing 100% of what's happening together in your life to work together for what? For the good. For good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Wow. Verse 29, it says, for God knew his people in advance. He provided in advance. And he chose them to become like his son. Mm -hmm. So that his son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. Did you know? Jesus has risen. He is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, you are his brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And God wants you to spend eternity in heaven with him. That's why he's made provisions for us. But just so you know, it's like, really? This God wants me to be in heaven? This is absolutely amazing, you know? And he tells us, uh, you know, God's providence and God being our source means that we'll never be victims of chance and that, no, that we have no need to fear the future when we recognize that the that providence. he's our source and his providence, his the providence. providing in advance for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, it says, Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Is that what it means? No. Or does it mean he no longer loves us if we're persecuted? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? Well, those, that was questions right there. Maybe we have an answer here. Verse 35 says, no. 37. He says, no. Despite all, 100%, these things overwhelmingly overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Just because those problems have happened to us, it don't mean we're defeated. He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Hmm. That's interesting. You, you, you remember these three guys in the Bible called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Do, do, do you think that they were uh, defeated? No. No, God worked a miracle through each of their lives. Overwhelming victory was theirs because of what God had done in them. And he tells us here in uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, he says, don't worry about anything. Now, what percentage is anything, really? So he said, don't worry about 100% of things in this world. Don't worry about those. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what's it say? Pray. Pray about everything. That's 100%. Talk to God about it. And you will absolutely be surprised and shocked at what the almighty God does because he cares for us so much. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Like Tell, our boy, economy. 
Oh, oh, oh. Can, can, can we pray about our economy? Yes. Yes, is, is things a little bit messed up in our world right now? Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, if you look to the Almighty God, He works all things. I, didn't we read that already? Yeah. He works all things together for good for those who love Him mm-hmm. and are called to His purpose. God, He works it together for good in our life. So he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all. 100%. Thank him. And he's telling us to be thankful every day. Thank him for the sunrise and the sunset. And thank him for your, your breakfast, your lunch, your supper. Thank him for everything that we have. And it, it changes our outlook on life. And for your wife. And it changes the outlook of my wife. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you, God gave me the right one. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And he said, I'm going to read one more time, okay? Don't worry about anything. Instead, because we're tempted to worry, instead pray about everything. Just tell God what you need. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. For everything He's already done, thank Him, you know? That's remembering that He's our source when we thank Him. You're right. And then it says here in verse 7, If you do this, you will experience God's peace. Do do you want the peace of Almighty God? Yes. He is the source of peace. Sure. If you do this, he will, you will experience God's peace, because he is the source of it all, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You live in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the way you live in relationship with him is you just invite him into your life. It's pretty simple. It's really not complicated at all. There's a, an article we saw. There was a young man by the name of Danny Simpson, 24 years old. He robbed a bank in Ottawa, Canada. Of, he robbed $6,000 in 1990. He was called and sentenced to six years in prison. He used a 44 caliber Colt semi-automatic in the robbery which turned out to be an antique made by the Ross Rifle Company in Quebec City in 1918. It was worth up to $100,000. For the gun that, that he, he used, used for the to robbery. rob $6,000. He robbed $6,000 with a $100,000 gun. If he, if he had just known what he carried in his hand, he would not have robbed the bank. He would have had six years additional freedom and a whole lot more money. And in other words, he already had what he needed, but he didn't realize it. And you know something? A lot of times we have what we need. And it might be wisdom, or it might be a material object, but we have what we need. God makes sure of that. And we go to him and we ask him to lead us and to guide us in the best pathway for our life. Well, the guy would have been better off selling the gun Instead of going robbing the store. Definitely. You think about that. It's pretty amazing when you do. He says here in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 it says keep on asking. Never, never stop. Never stop asking God. Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Do you, do you see that? Mm-hmm. He's our source. Keep on looking and never stop and you will find. Keep on knocking, never stop, and the door will be opened. I mean, a a spiritual door of some kind, not just a physical door, that as well. But when you're knocking on God's door and saying, Papa God, I come to you in the name of your son Jesus and I have a need. And you talk to him and, and don't give up. He says here, I'm not making this up. He says in Matthew 7, 7, keep on asking. Keep on. Keep on asking. 
and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for everyone, 100%, who asks, receives. Everyone, 100%, who seeks, finds. And the door is opened to everyone, 100%, who knocks. I think her knock right there. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Now, we all have read this together. This is God's Word. This is not someone's fabrication or imagination. This is God's word that he has made available to us all. Wow, and that's pretty miraculous. He's telling us, you know, to, to ask. He, he, he's telling us to knock and he's telling us to seek. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. That's what God said. In the mid-1980s, my family moved to northern Saskatchewan to start a church. As a church planter, part of my support was funded by the local mission. Most months were financially difficult. One week in April, when the ground was still frozen and snow-covered, we were down to a few dollars in the bank. Our usual reaction was to look for our our own solution. This time, however, in a stroke of faith, I went before God and told Him that we needed eggs, bread, and milk. I would wait on Him. That afternoon, a man came to my little fix-it shop with a leaky tea kettle. He said, I know I could get another one, but it's my favorite kettle. Please fix it. In minutes, the job was done, and I didn't even charge him for it. But he pulled out a $10 bill and insisted that I take it. It was enough to buy a gallon of milk, a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread. As he left with a bit of pride in my own faith decision, I thanked God, to which he replied, which God replied, don't you wish you'd ask for a, a half of a beef? You know what? Sometimes it is the truth because it says we in the Bible. Short. It says we have not because we ask not. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things we do without because we do not ask God to help us. He's our source. I think it was, I don't know, maybe even last week we read a scripture. And it says that he will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. You know? Absolutely. He's the our truth. source. You know? You know, um, you, you, go ahead. I was just looking at the time. Don't look at it. You know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep them hanging for a while. <laughs> that was really, really important to, to share that thought. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to tell it to them until next week. <laughs> hey. y'all, y'all come back now. <laughs> well, the truth of it is, God, he loves us and he cares about every detail of our life. He does. And he wants us to pray. Amen. He wants us to talk to him. And he welcomes us into his very presence. Mm-hmm. You know? And the devil is always trying to convince us that that's not the truth. The devil, the Bible, what's that? He is the father of lies. So the Bible tells us. The devil is the father of lies. And that's all he can do. So all he wants to do is lead us astray and deceive us. That's the truth of it. But what we want to do right now, uh, 722, we want to take just a minute. And we just want to pray for you. You know, we want to pray for you right where you're at. And uh, first thing when we, we pray, we're going to ask you to join us in a simple prayer to invite Christ into our life. And then pray for anything that you could possibly need. And then we're going to dismiss you. And if you need some personal prayer, you know, uh, in your life, Susan and I and there's some others who will be here. And we'll be happy to pray for you before you, you leave. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe. I believe. That you sent your son Jesus. That you sent your son Jesus. To die on the cross. 
to die on the cross for my sins. For my sins. I believe. I believe. He paid for my sins. He paid for my sins. In full. In full. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all the wrong things I've done. For all the wrong things I have done. Thank you. Thank you. That I am not guilty anymore. That I am not guilty anymore. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I believe. I believe. That Jesus rose from the dead. That Jesus rose from the dead. To give me victory. To give me victory. Over sin. Over sin. Thank you. Thank you. For giving me new life. For giving me new life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just ask that you would be with each and every one here. And Father, that they would come to know more and more day by day that you are their source. Father, that there is nothing that you would withhold from them as they walk humbly and uprightly before you. Father, that you are with them every step of their lives. And Father, that you are their provider. You are their protection. You, Father, are everything. That we need. And Lord, we just ask that it would become a reality in each person's life that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.